We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Saturday Nation Sports Talk. It is Mailbag Day. Hello, Vincent. Hello, Sean. How are you? Good. Did you you read my tweet? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I was expecting a different reaction. <laughs> you, it's okay. You, it's okay. It's funny because yeah. I, I've i had having to deal. So so just so everybody understands, somebody put a It was Ryan, right? Yeah. He put a Twitter post out there that when people call him Robert in an email, he's like done with the conversation because that's clearly not his Ryan name. Roberts. Yes. Not right. Robert. Yeah, correct. And I replied and I was like, I feel the same way when people call me Vincent in an email. And when I just transferred jobs to a new school corporation, my legal given name is obviously Vincent. Mm-hmm. And that's my my Google name is Vincent Diderio. And I even asked the downtown people, like, can we shorten it to Vince? You know, because nobody calls me Vincent, you know. I know I haven't had an interaction with you before if the email says Vincent, right? you know, at the top, you know, just because that's what it says in my Google mail or whatever. And I was like, I don't want to talk to you because you don't know who I am. <laughs> you don't know me. That's yeah. right. Not at all. Not at all. Speaking yeah. of Twitter, I saw a funny one today. Um, I, it's It's been a while since I just laughed out loud by myself. A woman... <laughs> tweeted that her 75-year-old mom told her that she's going to a sex party and she didn't know what to bring to the sex party. Well, after a few awkward questions, turns out it was a gender reveal party she was going to. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of a difference between a sex party and a gender reveal party. Oh, <laughs> so, that's funny. That's I, funny. Like I said, I laughed about as loud as you just did right now. <laughs> that's I, I fantastic. Got a, you got a pretty good kick out of that. So that is that was great. A, Can you imagine nice the conversation? They like the conversation you have with your mother at that point. That's right. Like, wait, where are I you mean, going I'm again? Going to, a, going to a sex party. I need to know what to take. <laughs> Well, Man. mom, uh, there are websites for that. I suppose. <laughs> I don't just bring really yourself. Know about just, that. Just bring yourself. Yeah. Um, Sean Kelly, let's just start off with this. I've only seen bits and pieces. Have you heard about this lost submarine? I saw something mentioned about it on Twitter, and I didn't know what it meant. I, I was it the what? Somebody said think, something about looking for the Titanic. That's what I was going to say. I think they're the ones. That, there's okay. like what four or five people on this, and like three of them are billionaires or something. And yeah, they can't find it. I guess they just can't. So it won't surface. That's a problem. I don't. I, I don't know. I haven't really looked into any details. I just keep hearing, you know, like I said, pieces. This is the first that I've heard that it's definitively lost. That's how closely I've paid attention to it. I've just kind of off and on heard people talking about sub. So, I don't know. I mean, hey, salty submarining could be a sport. Okay, <laughs> relax. I mean, it's what happens when you've got too much money and you don't yeah. know 
what to do with it. You know, you end up lost in a submarine looking for the Titanic, I guess. (laughs) With a couple other yutzes who don't know what they're doing either. So did not, you did not, uh, you spent a lot of money to go on this trip, but you didn't spend enough money on the captain of the submarine. Uh, Yes. He obviously doesn't have Google maps down there to figure out where he's at. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Let's jump into it. We've got uh, we've got a few. We've got a lot of good questions already, kind of sitting here, queued up and and ready to go. Let's see where we go first. I tell you what, let's just start with another one from Sean. He added a, a football question earlier. He says, with Marcus Freeman saying Eli Raritan will be ready to go for the season, which tight end has the biggest impact in the pass game? Raritan mm. stays or Evans? I mean. I really want to see what Raritan has from an athletic standpoint, because all things considered before both of his knee injuries, he was the most athletic of the three and the most exciting tight end that they had on the roster that was going to be on the roster. I mean, just seeing him run the floor and dunk and, you know, do all these different things athletically. I was really excited about this guy. Now he's torn up his knee twice. Uh, I think is each knee one each or I believe so. Yeah. Okay. And so, Like, what does that mean? I mean, how is he going to come back from that? What does that look like? I would need to see it. Hypothetically, if he's back to what he was pre-injury, I would say it's Raritan. I think he's got the possibility of being the most athletic, being able to stretch the field, do all of those different things. And so I think he would be a nice compliment um, to uh, Mitchell Evans. Uh, I think he'd be a nice compliment because they don't do the same stuff. Uh, I I think that would be a nice nice little one-two punch. Yeah, I would probably go in the order it was asked. Raritan stays Evans in terms of impact on the pass game. Again, assuming he's 100%. But unfortunately, when you've got, you know, knee reconstruction in back-to-back years, that, you know, that that is a huge question. Now, are they going to hold up? You know, and there's you know, right now in the NFL, in the last couple of years, there's been this push, you know, where you hear people talking about we need to get you know, the players want want to get off the artificial surface, but the owners, you know, are going to more artificial surface. Oh, yeah. Notre Dame obviously has artificial surface, and you know, they're just we've we've seen our share of of knee injuries over mm-hmm. the last few years. It's just you know, again, I think if you dig deep into the data. It, I don't, you know, I just, I don't know how much that plays into it. We're kind, of, we're kind of getting off topic, I guess. With that, you know, it's, it's still more about the tight end than the turf. But I, I just, I, yeah, I, I think it's always got to be in the back of your head. How much does the turf play into these kind of things? You know, when you have guys with these injuries. But I think because of you know, Raritan looked really good. You know, Michael Mayer obviously got, you know. The lion, more than just the lion's share, he was the target last year in terms of the tight ends. But Raritan was showing a lot of good stuff for yeah. a true freshman being out there. And if he hadn't been hurt, then uh, I think we'd be coming into this season just raving about the you know the upside for right. him right now. So if he's healthy, I would go with him. So guess what they're installing at uh, my son's high school for the soccer field? Turf. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for getting me excited about that with the, yeah. uh, knee injuries and all that fun stuff. I appreciate that. <laughs> I know. Sean. Thanks, bud. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> anytime. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. First off, Josh says, so happy for Vince and his son at the camp. What if your son was only offered a full scholarship by USC and five years from now, he hits a game winner against Notre Dame. What do you say to him afterwards? I give him a big hug and I tell him congratulations and then I punch him in the nose. No, <laughs> no, I, you know, there's the whole family over fandom thing. Uh, and that, that's, that's a very legit situation. I would tell him, number one, you take that scholarship to USC and you go and do your thing and be successful and be happy. And then I would commiserate with, um, with the other Sean at Irish breakdown because his daughter goes to USC as well, I would ask him how he deals with it, uh, you know, on Thanksgiving and things of that nature. But uh, I would be ecstatic for my kid, 100%. I would be, I'm always a fan of my kid over Notre Dame, but uh, it would hurt. It would hurt. Not going to lie. It would hurt. Yeah, uh, you, you know, that would be, I used to say that, you know, the the ultimate slap would be, this was back when Notre Dame played Purdue all the time, like if Jesse were to get an mm -hmm. offer from Purdue. Right. You know, that, that didn't happen, you know. Um, but you're absolutely, you know, like if that is your only Division One offer, you're going to take that offer, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah, there's, and whatever comes with that, comes with that. At, at the very least, at least, you know, he's going to get to come back to, to you know Every his own town a couple times yeah, yeah. absolutely right. it would be very hard to stomach it would take me a while before i would be able to put on like any kind of like gear you know that kind mm -hmm. of a thing it would be it would be difficult i'm not gonna lie that would be a very difficult situation that i'd be like there's so many other schools out there <laughs> there are so many others how come none of them none of the other ones offered you come on lincoln thank you i'm kidding Shy town if within the next decade, the college football playoff committee decides you have to be in a conference to make which one would you choose? Staying independent and playing for an AP natty, is that okay? So the college football playoff committee decides if you're going to be in the playoff, right. you've got to be in a conference. Well, obviously, then they, be? you know, then they join a conference. I mean, that would be. I've I've said it a million times and you've said it as well. Access to the national championship is the paramount thing for being independent for Notre Dame. And Jack Swarbrick has done a great job of making sure that Notre Dame has had access to the national championship game. I mean, there's always been a Notre Dame clause in the BCS and then in the college football playoff and in the new college football playoff and all, there's still access, right? Uh, once they don't have access anymore, they have to join a conference. I mean, it is what it is. So, if we're going on the premise that this is the ruling, I would say my first choice would probably be the ACC because I think that's in their contract, actually, that if they're going to join a conference, it's with the ACC. So I think they, I don't think they would have a choice, uh, to be yeah. honest with you. Well, yeah. And if he says, he says within the next decade, so that takes you out till 2033 at the latest, which is inside the TV. Right, deal. which runs through twenty thirty six. Yeah, yeah. So they would have to go to the ACC. Short. Yeah, um, in that in that in that decade window, you'd have to go to the ACC unless you want to pay a pretty substantial buyout fee of some kind, which Notre Dame could afford, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, there, I, I do not want them to go to the Big Ten. I will go. I will go down swinging on that one. From a, I mean, I obviously ge geography doesn't matter anymore. Um, you know, C, USC, UCLA. You know, right. that uh, it obviously doesn't matter. Uh, but I guess my second choice would probably be like the Big Twelve. Maybe I don't know. It, ACC is by far the one I would go. The other thing I would do, I would seriously consider Notre Dame trying to form their own conference. I would ser I would seriously consider that and just pluck few teams here and there from the different conferences and form your own 
nationwide conference. I would I would love to explore that possibility. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it's worth a shot to see how far Notre Dame would get in that circumstance. You know, the, the question would would be the phrasing of it, you know, like there would have to be whoever the Notre Dame athletic director and president are would have to be working with with other, you know, like an independent sort of you know, firm council, whatever it happens to be, because like if, if if the perception is this is Notre Dame's conference, they're creating it. I think <laughs> that that causes you know, <laughs> sure, who's going to want to join that? Because then it's you know, people just kind of think, well, same old, same old, and all that. You know, I, like the Big Ten, everyone wants to put Notre Dame in the Big Ten, obviously. Just throughout the years, like you have heard, you know, like Northwestern is the lone private school in the Big Ten. And they have essentially been outvoted on everything. You know, like what mm. matters to them does not matter to the other yeah. schools in the Big Ten because you're talking about state schools versus. Yep. They would be one of my first school. calls. Yeah. That's like Northwestern, Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. Duke, you know, schools like that. I think I would, that they would all be, you know, like I'd those go would talk be to good Penn State. To start Penn with. State. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think they fit in the Big Ten, to be honest with you. You know, I would go pluck a Florida school, one of the three Florida schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get they're, Miami they're, to join up with you. Yeah. Abs- yeah, absolutely. You know, and then if you're talking, you know, academic fit, like you said, you said Vanderbilt, um, Stanford, you know, there's, there's definitely schools that you can go after. I think that would be a good fit in a conference that Notre Dame can come up. Boston college says Mr. 2.0. I agree. I think that would be a good fit as well. Um, so, I mean, I would explore that possibility, you know, and yes, it would, People would call it the Notre Dame conference at start because they would spearhead it. And let's be honest, you kind of need somebody with some oomph to spearhead the starting of a conference. And I think Notre Dame has that cachet. They could do that. And then they get some more people on board and then you get more voices involved and, you know, things of that nature. Um, But I, I think it would be very interesting. I really do. I don't think it'll ever happen, though. I don't think that the college football playoff committee will ever put a stipulation that you have to be part of a conference to be in just, you know, like, look at where you're, they're going to allow 12 in right now. There's at large teams. So it doesn't matter, you know, if right. you're in a conference exactly. and, and specific to Notre Dame, it benefits the college football playoff, having Notre Dame in the playoff hundred percent because of it's, it's all a TV show. Once it gets mm-hmm. to, in, in their eyes, once it gets there, it's all you a bet. TV show. They want Notre Dame for eyeballs and for no ticket sales doubt. for that. Absolutely. Matter. And, as long as Notre Dame still has that power behind them, they still have that brand power behind them, which they clearly do, right? Uh, and we're going to talk about it in rapid fire about brand power and all that, right? They, it, as long as they still have that, they're not going to get forced into a conference anytime soon. And it's going to be now up to Pete Bavacqua to continue that legacy and continue that strength of brand for Notre Dame. And, Let's be honest, the apparel contract and the TV contract that they're about to deal with is going to go a long way for that. <laughs> Mr. 2.0, over under one half on the number of waterfalls <laughs> in the remodeled Goog. I vote we have them and they're colored <laughs> blue and gold. <laughs> I'm going to go under. Uh, I just don't see that being a thing. But at the same time, I love the idea. Do you know that hallway when you walk in to the Goog? You kind of go to the left, and there's that hallway, and you've got the weight room on the left, that whole thing. It's a hugely vaulted ceiling right there. Like, you could do a water feature on the Mm right-hand side there where they've got the big mural and everything. You could do a water feature there. You could. I tell you what, I don't know how much – by the way, I'll go under as well. But I don't know how much, like, the aesthetics of these facilities really matters, you know, to to the recruits. But man, you just see some of these pictures of some of these other facilities. Like I just saw yeah, one for beautiful. Kansas, and like it just—it's so much more modern and different. Now mm-hmm. I realize you want to have a you know notes of tradition and all that kind of stuff because you're Notre Dame, sure. but it's just it's it it doesn't look like anything that you're seeing in these other facilities. No. I'll, I'll say that. And I did see, and I because this is you know Brian just had his one on one with Marcus Freeman. And he, you know, he had like the news of Eli Raritan and and Jadarian 
price. I think that's where that uh, Eli Raritan question came from. But he'll have more of that, you know, coming here pretty soon. I don't think he's posted the whole thing yet. But I've seen, you know, it's, you know, because it's June and it's, 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 uh, it's, it's that time where everybody gets their sit down with, with Marcus Freeman. Sure. And I saw where Freeman said something, I can't remember which one it was, but he said something to the effect of it would be a whole new building as opposed to a remodeling job. Oh, wow. Over there. Where would they put so, it? I don't know. Like, unless you're going to tear down the North dome of the, the Joyce. And no, put that's it there, never going to you know, happen. Like, Cause they I know, just I'm remodeled just, that. They just, just remodeled the inside of that dome, so that's not going anywhere. <sighs> There's that a lot of trees. There's a lot of trees there behind the Coog and you know the tennis there, facility and all. No, you're stuff. right. There are, uh, and but they need like they're not going to get rid of the Loftus Center because they need the second indoor, indoor facility. That was the whole point of building yeah. the IAC in the first place. Is they just couldn't operate with only one, so they're not going to get rid of that. And right now the Goog is connected. Like that would be just their footprint, man. The location of the Goog right now is ideal because it's right next to the indoor facility, right? Yeah. There's no other land around the football facility where you could do that right now, unless you built it on the practice fields. But they literally use those practice fields year round. So yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I don't know where you would. Start from scratch, essentially. Well, what you know, you would have. Let's say you built it on the practice fields. There are. Okay. It's just two fields over there. Right? There's three. There's right. a. There's a natural grass one too that you can get to. That's all the way out by Twickingham. Right, but it's not inside. It's not inside that fenced-in area that we're talking it, about. Right, it's not. But they use it when they play on no, grass fields. Right, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, if you if you had to remodel that whole area, right? I mean, okay, so gotcha. you, so then you. You still have you still have the loftus to use, right? Because you're talking about probably one off season. So you still have the loftus. Sure. You have the field you just talked about, yeah. And you have the football stadium, which is artificial turf, so you don't have to worry about ripping it up. So you, so got you got still have places you can one, practice. It's four, just that, four, yeah. yeah. Well, and then you've got the yeah, you've got the indoor. Completely forgot about the indoor. So yeah. really, you have two indoor fields, the football stadium, and the grass outdoors. So you got four fields, and then you tear down the Goog, and that's where you would put your practice fields. Right. Yeah. I could. I mean, I could see it. It just depends on what the timeline is to build the new. You know what I mean? I it it would probably that would take a year. They they would probably have to go a full year. I would think. Um, before they would be able to build a brand new facility. Like the buildings don't go up fast at Notre Dame. No. <laughs> I mean, the 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 new indoor facility took forever to be built, you know, from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And there's no rooms on the inside. It's just one I know. Thing, you know, it's just like it's just like a big shed with a balcony inside. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so I can't even imagine how long it would take to build a football facility with a kitchen and, and, you know, offices and all of the different stuff that you would need to have in there. So that would be, I never, that's the first I've heard of a whole brand new building. That would be interesting. Yep. Me too. It would be, it would be salty to, how do you say his first name? Is it Tabron or Tabron? Uh, Benny Powell anyway. Yeah. Committed. Ziggler is reflecting positively on his visit. Notre Dame seems to lead for 2025 Harrison. What's your current assessment of Coach O'Leary? Well, and don't forget Bronte Johnson, too, uh, who's going to announce his commitment on Saturday morning. So if you get um, Erlacher, you get um, the kid who just committed today. Benny Powell. Yep. Those are both and, threes, both threes. Yep, and you get Bronte Johnson, and you get Ziggler. This is a happy guy right here for the 24 class. Um, and then, yeah, you're right, and then you get uh, the kid in the 25 class, and I think people are going to be okay with where O'Leary is because I don't think he's a bad on-the-field coach. Look at the safeties that he's produced and the guys that he's turned into safeties who weren't safeties before. And they're playing at a pretty high level, right? Xavier Watts comes to mind. Um, I, my opinion of him would be would be positive if he pulls off that four person class, and then has a good class in twenty five. I agree. Yeah, um, 
you know, I realize there are some people who don't like, you know, the Benny Powell and, you know, you know, Erlockers, Erlockers. So it's like name alone, <laughs> you know, you kind of get him in there. And I think that there's at least some upside, but, you know, to get, to get four like that, you know, I think it was last week we were talking about, he needs to, to get some hits here. You know, he, he can develop them once he gets it in. You, Absolutely. You, you know, you, you do want to, you know, again, Kyle Hamilton, you're not going to see too many true Kyle Hamiltons, but you know, you do still need to strive to, to be sure. closer to that mark. Well, and he's gotten some of these high level guys in the class and the, but they haven't stuck. He hasn't closed on them right. and, and gotten their signature, if you will. And some of that's his fault. Some of it's not. They've missed on a lot of 24 safeties. This is a pretty heavy safety class. They've missed on a lot of names uh, in this class. But if you can round it out with the four guys that I mentioned, then I think you can be happy. Not ecstatic. Not like, you know, throwing a party. But I think you can be happy with that four-man class, but you got to follow it up. You know, it's like you always say, you got to stack a class on a class, right? right. He's got to follow it up because right now you've got Henderson, Watts, Carter. They've all got years of eligibility left. They can come back for 2024, but then they're gone. And then you start seeing what, you know, what kind of depth have you built? And it's all the kids at yeah. that point. Right. You know what I mean? And so you can get this four. And then you got you've got to get at least two stud kind of type kids in twenty five, and then I think you start rolling. You know, so we'll see what happens. A mind bender question for you uh -oh. here, Vince. Would you rather have to one be Brian Kelly's personal assistant for three months, two have to do an Oklahoma drill with Audric Estime, or three join the Big Ten? Oh boy. Um... I'm gonna go with I'll I'll strap on the pads and do the Oklahoma drill first. Brian Kelly's assistant would be second, and joining the Big Ten would be third. So, the pain of the Oklahoma drill with Audric Estime would be temporary, although very painful. But go low, baby, just go low. And you're not telling me that I've got to necessarily square up with him. Like, yeah, I'm how many do times do I have I to do it? Do I just have right. to do it once? Like yeah. you said, pain is temporary. I got yep. enough other issues with my back. <laughs> yeah. It's like, right. what's one more? I'll, you know, I'll take a freight train running me over one time. Right. You know, I can right. live with that. I can go right for the legs, try to trip them up a little bit. You know, I can that always whip as well. You know, do I have exactly. to actually make contact? Like, oh, I missed. <laughs> oh, you know. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So. Big 10 is obviously last, but, you know, BK's assistant, you know, being – and BK's oh, whipping boy like personal right. assistant, which means like you're yeah. getting his dry cleaning, and like that would be really, really hard. Although I've never been to Louisiana, so I mean, <laughs> kind of like a three month vacation, I guess. Yeah. I've heard it's nice down there. I don't know. Yeah, head of the gut, just give it to me straight to the head, baby. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn, oftentimes, the more film on a player, the more NFL scouts pick it apart. If Hartman has a great year, do you see that being the case? Or is there a reset on his film at Notre Dame favoring recency and system? Oh, I think there – look, the NFL has is, is really good at evaluating talent for the most part. But they've got just as bad a recency bias as anybody that's out there, Right. I mean, how many good years did Joe Burrow have in college? One. Right, right. One good year. Now, it was a great year, and he's followed it up with good years in the NFL. So don't get me wrong, they got it right. But he had to transfer out just to get on the on the field of, of Ohio at Ohio State, right? So, Mitch Trubisky had one great year in college, and, and look, you know, complete polar opposite. Look where that exactly. Jamarcus be. Russell, for yeah. example, like. Obviously, that went a different direction. But mm -hmm. look, if he goes out, he'll have the stats because he's already got the stats. He's a top 20 in yards and touchdowns all time in college football. He's got that. The biggest knock on him is his size, number one. And number two is that he didn't play in a pro-style offense. Can't change the size of a kid, right? But I think there's been enough guys in the NFL that have proven that size isn't necessarily a, a – uh, 
an eliminating factor, right? But if he can go out and he can produce in a pro-style offense at a high level and take Notre Dame to places that Notre Dame hasn't been, if I mean, if he win, if he goes to a New Year's Six Bowl and they win, Notre Dame hasn't done that since 1993. So I was 12 years old the last time Notre Dame won a, a BCS slash New Year's Six game. Mm-hmm. If he can do that, he takes Notre Dame to some place they haven't been in 30-plus years. I think he rises up draft boards pretty heavily, to be honest with you. Not saying he's going to be the number one quarterback, but it's going to be a situation where he wouldn't have been looking around at another school to go to. If, the reason he's the know. reason he's here is because he's the, the that's the question that he's got to answer. Can he sure. can he thrive outside of that? What's essentially just a college system in that slow mesh? You know, can he thrive in a more tradi- much more traditional? offense that's and if he if he can it's he if he puts up big numbers in it and Notre Dame is a success I I think that he goes from a guy who was off the draft charts last year to a guy who's got a chance to be drafted somewhere in the first round because just what you said there's so much recency bias when you talk about these NFL about you know just look at what happens every year when a season ends Teams and scouts totally disregard what oh. they see on film and they yes. they overvalue these stupid workouts where you know guys are throwing against air and you know all this different stuff. They look at all these right. different measurables, you know, and that'll be a question too. You know, how does he do in the measurables and oh, yeah. whatever else? But if he puts if he puts good film out there this year, I think that he's definitely got a chance. I'm not saying he will, but I think right. he's got a chance. Well, be a first round tap type guy. Yes. And NFL teams always overvalue a quarterback, right? Right. So you don't even have to be amazing to be a first round quarterback. And exactly. How good is the quarterback class? I mean, I don't know. I I guess we'll have to wait and see. It's more of a question, I guess, for Ryan since he's an NFL draft expert, right? But after you get past Caleb Williams and Drake May, I feel like there's a pretty big drop off after that. And these, the, race for the number three quarterback in the NFL draft moving forward for 2024, I guess it would be, is wide open in my opinion. I think it's wide open. And I think Sam Hartman has as good a chance as anybody to nab that number three spot. Mm -hmm. I concur. Totally concur. Thanks for the super chat, Gregory Perez. We appreciate it. Which pundits are you excited to finally Shut up about when Notre Dame wins either a playoff game or a major bowl game. I'll go first. Paul Feinbaum. Yeah, he's not going to shut Gregory up. Gregory said he'd go first, Paul Feinbaum. Yeah, yeah he's not going to shut up about uh, any anti-Notre Dame because Notre Dame is not a member of the SEC. So he will, when the, when the topic of Notre Dame comes up, he will change the subject uh, as opposed to saying anything nice would be my guess. Um, I don't listen to a lot of pundits anymore, Sean. I know you listen to the NFL Network all the time. They're not talking about Notre Dame. Right. You know what I mean? I'll be excited to hear, like, you know, if Notre Dame's playing in a big game, the odds of, like, Herb Street and uh, Fowler doing doing their game or whatever are pretty high. So if Notre Dame goes out there and spanks whoever they're playing or whatever, they have to say nice things about Notre Dame. I would enjoy that. I would. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice when Desmond Howard has to eat a little crow. Yeah, know? that's a like, good point. Good call. He's the first one who comes to mind. He, you know, he he doesn't mind going out there and doing the Notre Dame bashing, especially these last couple of years when Michigan has, you know, been been a whole lot oh, better. Yeah. So I would say Desmond is the guy at the top of my list. I, like I can't that. remember what happened. It was a few years ago, and he was he was this and that about Notre Dame, and then you know, Notre Dame went out and one and I I tweeted something at him about hey why don't you come on the post game show with us Desmond let's <laughs> talk about it. and he, of course he didn't want to do that but shocker <laughs> uh, yeah that's right uh but that's he's yeah he's he's of all the ones out there I think he's definitely but you know to his credit he's eaten some crow over the years he's given sure. I think really the last couple of years he's given Notre Dame a little bit more props when they're due but yeah it's still fun to see him kind of eat it when it's time. There's a couple Colin Cowherds in here in the chat, and uh, can't say that I wouldn't appreciate Colin Cowherd saying something nice about Notre Dame because yeah. he is a big Brian Kelly fan. And when all that went down, he was very pro Kelly, very anti Notre Dame that they have no chance of winning a national championship. And 
If Brian Kelly says it, it must be true. This is something that I found out about Colin Cowherd, and I won't go into all the details, but, you know, around the time that you and I met, you know, when we were starting up my show and we preempted the Colin Cowherd show and he threw a hissy fit and, you know, like went on the air and said all this stuff about Notre Dame. Here's what I learned about Colin Cowherd through that and basically anytime you listen to his stuff. Like, the you know, like I was saying about Notre Dame and the college football playoff before, it's a show. That's mm-hmm. that's what it is. Colin Calhurt will talk out of both sides. Of he his does mouth. it all the time. Just, yeah, that's that's exactly it. And, you know, like he'll, he'll tell you it's fact, but he's making up the facts quite mm-hmm. often. So uh, him, I, I kind of stopped putting a whole lot of stock in. <laughs> I know, right? Ago. I know that about you, by the way. <laughs> I remember. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Mr. 2.0, if you had to pick one for a prospect coming in, would you rather have C.J. Carr's upside potential or a quarterback guaranteed to have Brady Quinn's career? This is a really good question because I'm a big fan of guarantees. And Brady Quinn had a great career at Notre Dame. Uh, He pretty much has the vast majority of the passing records at Notre Dame. He was a winner. Had a lot of talent around him, obviously. He had a schematic genius behind him, which obviously helped as well. (laughs) Uh, It's hard hard to not take the guaranteed thing, to to take the guarantee on this one. I love the upside of Carr. I think he could potentially be better than Brady Quinn at some point, but there's no guarantee to that. I'm sorry. I'm taking the guarantee. I'm taking Brady Quinn here. Yeah, I mean, we like we were talking about NFL draft evaluators, if, 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 uh, you know, like NFL scouts could, could say with certainty, this guy is going to be this, or you can take this guy and he's got all this upside and, you know, maybe he gets there, you know, if, if that, if that lock that you're talking about, what, you know, like the Brady Quinn, for example, you know, and again, we're talking about college career, but if like, the long and the short of it is I would take the guarantee of Brady Quinn's yeah. career. It's not like we're saying, you know, Ian Book, you know, you're going to win a lot of games, but, you know, what's it going to look like? It's still more about the guys around him. Brady Quinn helped elevate those 2005-2016. So I would take that 10 times out of 10. I would take that kind of guarantee over yeah. any upside potential that maybe it gets surpassed. I mean, here, so Brady Quinn's junior year. Okay. He threw for 65%. He completed 65% of his passes. He threw for 3,900 yards, 3,919 to be specific, mm-hmm. 32 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Okay. That's pretty, pretty good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then his senior year, he threw for slightly less yards. He had 3,500 yards. He was a 62% passer, but he had 37 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Like you're gonna guarantee me four thousand yards uh and seventy-six touchdowns in two seasons. Yeah. I mean <laughs> you so yeah, seventy five hundred yards basically in two years. And yeah, like you said, se- uh, seventy touchdowns basically. I that's hard, that's a hard thing to to say no to. It's easy to forget just how great he was for those two years, just because of 
like what happened with the pro career. You yeah. know, well, it, absolutely. And he was not heralded coming out of high school either. Right. If, if everybody remembers the story, he was obviously uh, recruited by Tyrone Willingham. Tyrone Willingham was at his school to recruit Chichinidam Ndukwe. Chichinidam Ndukwe. And yes. basically Ndukwe's family was like, you should look at this kid too. Right. And so Brady Quinn was an add-on to the well, class. Well, that's why I remember, I remember people, you know, there were uh, – now still somewhat a fairly prominent college football writer, you know, like when Charlie Weiss took over, Oh, he's doing it with Tyrone Willingham's yeah. recruits right. and all this stuff. Well, it, it, and that's, that, that, that's the first thing to come to, you know, it's, it wasn't cowherd, but it's, you know, that's like a cowherd type argument right there, you know, because of mm -hmm. what you just said, Brady Quinn was a throw in with Chinatum in Duke way. He was. And then when Tyrone Willingham gets fired because he wouldn't fire an offensive coordinator, who was the complete, you know, like wrong, you know, totally wrong system that they were trying to run. And then he gets a guy who actually knows something about offense and takes off. You know, it was still about having the right mind in there, you know, the right offensive mindset. And that's obviously what you saw with Charlie White. She can't give Tyrone Willingham credit. And, and I, you know, when everything came out in the wash, what Tyrone Willingham did or, you know, more didn't do at Washington, it kind of backs up the point, you know? Right. Exactly. And I, I'm trying to look for, you know, what he was coming out of high school. He was not, I cannot imagine that he was a four-star recruit. I just don't think that that was the case. Um, I don't think he was. I don't I think really he was. think he was way more unheralded than that, but I can't find anything specific because that was still, you know, that was pretty early. I mean, you're on. still, yeah, you're talking about that would have been around what 2002, 2003, right? That was, was being, pretty, pretty yeah. early on. So, yeah, things yeah. looked a lot different back then, just in terms <laughs> of, of recruiting coverage and all that kind of stuff. Shytown asks, who's the most famous athlete you've got to interview and which athlete would you like to interview, living or dead? Man, that's I interviewed I so I guess a little peek behind the curtain. So one of the first things I got to do when I was working with you is I got to interview people uh that were at the bookstore signing books or whatever. Right. I forgot about that. And that was like my job. I got paid with bookstore gift cards. <laughs> uh, so it was a very bookstore Christmas uh -huh. uh, at my house, which was awesome. Uh, but I got to interview like Heisman Trophy winners and I mean, really awesome people. And then I got the job working with Tim Growl doing the pregame show. And the entire show is all interviews of former Notre Dame football players. Um, and so you're, I mean, name a football player that was at all famous and I've interviewed them. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough one for me because I've been able to interview and talk to just about everybody that I would have ever wanted to Yeah, associated with Notre Dame. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like, is it a sit down interview? You know, cause basically over the last 23 years, like anyone who's been anyone, you know, at Notre Dame, I've at least had a microphone in there and got a couple questions, you know, just depending whether sure. it's Brady Quinn or Jeff Samarja or, you know, go down the list, you know, the coaches and all that different kind of stuff, you know, like rocket Ismail is like, we had, you know, had him on a show, you know, like many, many years ago, Desmond Howard actually had him on the show. Did you really? Once. Yeah. We talked to, we talked to rocket. Um, obviously not this past season. Cause I wasn't on that show anymore, but the season just before that, he was at a golf course and we were interviewing him. It's awesome. Yeah. That dude yeah. has got some serious energy still to this day. Yep. And, and, and you know, so like outside of Notre, you know, Rocket Ismail, I, I would say is probably the most famous outside of that. When I was doing more college baseball coverage, you know, kind of in my in-between years, like I remember um, I interviewed Chris Sale like when he was still in college at Florida Gulf Coast and okay. a lot of guys like that. There's a lot of major leaguers, actually, okay. if I sat down and, and thought, it, you know, guys who turned into major leaguers who were still in uh, Russell Wilson. I forgot about Russell Wilson. So he might actually be the most absolute Ooh. famous. He was still at North Carolina State playing baseball and football at NC State before he transferred to uh, Wisconsin. So that's probably like Russell Wilson, Rocket Ismail. I would. I'd, nice. I'd go to I'd go to bat with that. 
I'm trying to think of like who, like the one that I would, you know, that, 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 uh, that I would want. Like, can you think of anyone that you well, really want? I would love to sit down and talk to Ryan Sandberg. Uh, oh, that's a good one. I, I would love to talk to him about his journey and that whole thing. I, that would be a good one. I'm a big fan of Ryan Sam. That bat right here has Ryan Sandberg's signature on it. Yeah, uh, that was that he's kind of a an idol of mine. But like, even on the on my Twitter page, if you look at it, my pinned tweet is after my interview with Alan Page. Like that was one of the coolest interviews ever. Because he's a Hall of Famer and a and a and a and a justice, like a judge. Yeah, yeah. Minnesota like, Supreme Court Justice, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. It's just yeah. amazing, you know. So I've been very blessed to be able to talk to some really cool people from a Notre Dame standpoint, for sure. For sure, absolutely. You know, there's like there have been times. I don't know how interesting he would be now, but like when Notre Dame used to play Navy, you know, like Roger Staubach was mm -hmm. was like back when Staubach was still like when you could say. He was the last Navy quarterback to beat Notre Dame before some of the yeah. losses came. Yep. Like, you know, I, I think it would have been more fun back then. Um, I just had somebody on the tip of my tongue, and I can't even remember who it is now. But I'll, I'll think of it. If I think of it in the course of the show, I'll uh, I'll throw it out there. But that would be a fun one. Quinn, do you think that if Blake Fisher and Audric Estime teamed up, they could beat Joey Chestnut by 20 hot dogs? If not, what number do you think they would beat him by? I don't, I don't think, think they, they would, would win. beat him. I no. don't. I, just because they're big dudes doesn't mean they can, they've got the, uh, whatever, the slide technique. I mean, they, they can't beat him at all. Even if they teamed up, there's no chance. No chance. No, I don't think so either. I'm writing that one down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that, you know, he is too good. I mean, he's a professional. The guy oh, is, yeah. I don't even remember how many in a row he's won at this point. Gregory, who was a Notre Dame player that you bet the bank on being great? They didn't. Then a player you thought would be bad and ended up being good. Well, this one's actually pretty easy for me. I was telling anybody that wanted to listen that I thought Brandon Wimbush was going to be the next great Notre Dame quarterback. I really did. Uh, I thought he had all the tools. I thought he had a uh, a great head on his shoulders. Uh, he could run. He could throw. He, I mean, he had an absolute rifle attached to his shoulder. Like I was telling everybody that Wimbush was going to be a dude. Um, and he wasn't. He didn't end up being that for, for a myriad of reasons. Obviously, that did not pan out. Uh, and I will say, on the other side of things, somebody who I didn't think was going to be any good that ended up being good was Ian Book. I mean, I, I, I'll give credit where credit is due. He he compiled the stats, and he won a lot of games at Notre Dame. And I, if you would have asked me when he came in, I would have said he wouldn't have started as many fingers-on-my-hand games as, as he, you know, less than five games in his career, you know, and he ends up being the Notre Dame's all-time winning as quarterback. Did not see that coming at all. You went the college route. I'll go sort of like from college to pro. I definitely thought Brady Quinn oh, was yeah. going to be a better professional quarterback than what he ended up Me too. Being. I, I was shocked that he did. You know, going to Cleveland, I don't think helped him. But Agreed. at the same time, I just I thought that he was he I thought that he was going to have, you know, a pretty legitimate, decent, at, at the very least, decent professional career. Um, Agreed. Now I got I wouldn't say that I thought this next guy was going to be bad, but I didn't think he was going to have the career that he ended up with, and that's Justin Tuck. Like mm. he was, he obviously you know set the Notre Dame all time sack record. Again, I thought he would be good in the NFL. I didn't think that he'd end up end up being what he did in sure. the NFL with the Giants. But he also filled out quite a bit. He was still relatively, you know, thin and uh, you know just relied on quickness I think in college. You know, he got he got stronger and played really well and helped the Giants win a couple Super Bowls. So Sure. And I, I'll also say career. I'll also say I thought Phil Dracovic was going to be a dude yeah. at Notre Dame. I really did. I and 
his off the field stuff was not great. Um, you know, he just did not get along with everybody and you can blame whatever side you want to. It's water under the bridge as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but I, I remember vividly, like he came in when back when Notre Dame would have a big seven on seven tournament, he brought his team, uh, from out East and they won, they won it going away and they always have the championship in the stadium and, uh, you know, at Notre Dame stadium. And I was sitting there watching the championship and he was just throwing dimes all over. I mean, he was making these little, little white kids look like amazing receivers. Cause he was just pew, pew, pew. I mean, just peppering, peppering these wide receivers and just looking like he wasn't even trying. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, okay, can't wait to get this guy in a gold helmet. Like this is going to be a <laughs> lot of fun. Um, and it did not work out. No, it did not work out. Somebody said Ishak Williams. And that was, that's a good one, you know, because that was a guy who came in yeah. you know, with a lot of stars and all that stuff, but just didn't pan out from a playing standpoint when he got here. You know, yeah. All right. There's a few more. I might try to work some of these into uh, rapid fire. And if, if I don't today, I see some good rapid fire potential for tomorrow in some of these questions as well. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.